And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Gusto. Gusto is a modern solution platform for modern HR problems. Whether you are working with talent management, payroll, onboarding tools, Gusto's HR platform has it all. They make it super, super easy. They make it really, really, really easy to be smarter than your competitors. And the really cool thing is you can actually try three months free uh, with a subscription through Startup Hustle. You can sign up at gusto.com backslash Startup Hustle to get started. That's gusto.com backslash Startup Hustle. So today, we, we have a, a rare individual of genius that we're going to be talking to. And uh, I do have to tell you something interesting that I learned uh, in the course of doing background on this particular guest. Um, in, in some areas of the world, some parts of the world, if you have two doctorates, you actually refer to yourself as doctor, doctor. So we have a doctor, doctor here with us today, which I find hilarious and lovely and wonderful. But we are joined today by Dr. Reino Zeitelman, and he is the author of How People Become Famous, Geniuses of Self-Marketing, So, by, from Albert Einstein to Kim Kardashian. And that is a really exciting concept to me, uh, because I think we all are aware that in this world of social media and this world of, of things that move so fast, People who are able to market themselves well are, are see really great success. And so we're going to be talking to Dr. Doctor uh, about the secrets and about these individuals who have, who have achieved stratospheric success, how they did so, what that looks like, and what that means for you as an entrepreneur. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. So, so let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to hop right into it. And I'm first, the first thing I actually want, I want to learn a little bit more about you. And I'm going to ask you, uh, you are a prolific author. You are a historian. You are an entrepreneur. There are so many different facets to your, your journey. And I want to hear a little bit more about that. Tell us how you came to where you are today. Yes, thank you. I, I started as an historian and uh, I studied history and uh, political science. And then I wrote my first uh, doctoral dissertation in uh, history and uh, was their assistant professor for a couple of years at the Free University in uh, Berlin, uh, where I live uh, right now. And then I was for a couple of years uh, in a leading position of one of the leading German daily newspapers. But in 2000, I started a new thing. I was 43 years old then in, in 2000, and I 
founded my own company. I became an entrepreneur. So I quit my job, founded my own company. It was a public relation company focused on the real estate industry. So our clients were uh, brokers and uh, and REITs and uh, listed companies, project developers, and we became number one in this niche. So the leading uh, PR agency in Germany for the real estate industry, and I owned a lot of money at this time. I invested it in the real estate market. It was a very good t- time so in, in Berlin to in, invest, especially in residential. But then six years ago, I sold my company. I wrote my second doctoral dissertation, and this time about a different topic in sociology. It was about the psychology of super rich people. And, and I uh, conducted interviews with 45 people who had a net worth, most of them between 30 million euros and 1 billion euros. And I spoke with every one of them between one and two hours. In the end, I had 1,700 pages transcriptions with these interviews. And this was the basis of my uh, second uh, doctoral dissertation. And now I, I'm not retired. I sold my company, but I don't have to work for money because I, I earned enough this time. And what I'm doing now, I write, I'm writing books. Now my book number 26 will be published in two months. And they are published in a lot of countries. For my new book, I have the goal this year to make contracts with about translation in 20 languages. This is my purpose wow. for, for this year. So and so now almost every day I speak with people from everywhere in the world in Russia, in uh, Greece, in uh, Poland, in Spain, in Italy, in Vietnam, in 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 Korea or in China. Uh, so this is what I love to do: to write these books, to have them translated in other languages, and then I travel a lot when it is possible again. Because of course, the last two years were, was not possible because of COVID nineteen. But hopefully, the situation will be better now and then I will start traveling again speaking about uh, my book so this is what I'm doing today well my I, life in five minutes <laughs> I, I certainly hope that you when you when you get back to traveling that you make a stop here in Kansas City because I, I would love to to pick your brain you just you have a, such a a diverse wealth of knowledge locked away in that in that head of yours and so, so I want to ask you 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 took a little bit of a in an unconventional path, I would say. You started out in academia and then and then became an entrepreneur. And I always find it really interesting when academics become entrepreneurs because I feel like they are very um, different as, as far as culture. You know, when I think of academia, I don't necessarily think of fast pace and innovation. Uh, and that's not a knock, but, but when I think of entrepreneurship, I, I think of that um, highly innovative mindset that an entrepreneur must have. And so I have to ask you, what was it like to go from um, such a, a different vertical? You are absolutely right. There is a huge difference between academics on the one hand and entrepreneurs on the other hand. For example, 
entrepreneurs they they follow more their intuition their their gut feeling and yeah. academics they are more with analysis and so science research and structure and all of that <laughs> this is their job and not so much with uh, intuition but they have something in common always if they are successful they are cre creative people and they are free what what to do all over the day there's you know if you are professor at a university okay you have some obligations but you are much more free than most uh, uh, employees in a company so they have something in common but of course there are differences and for me it was not such a big issue because i was always a kind of of, of outsider i was always someone kind of non-conformist and so it was for me not not such a big change especially it was not so complicated on political issues uh, because um in the academics you know is i think it's the same in the united states as it is in europe most people are more left-leaning and entrepreneurships are more they're they're more pro-capitalist and not so much left-leaning but I'm my own opinion is also more pro-capitalism and so this uh, change from the academics to entrepreneurship uh, was a very interesting uh, experience for me but um, it, it was a good experience. Well and clearly you made the the transition very very well um, you know very successful in all of the paths that you have tried because really you've, you've tried many you're a man of, of many different talents and hats so let me ask you this um, I, I think one of the things that you just said was very um, very interesting and very insightful that there is there is some commonality between between the academic side and the entrepreneurial side and so my question to you is, is talk to us a little bit more about that, because here around Startup Hustle, we talk often about the entrepreneurial mindset, you know, that creativity, that resourcefulness, that ability to pivot. So so clearly you made that transition very successfully and because you, you are a man of many hats and many talents and you have succeeded in every uh, every endeavor and every area that you have tried from from what you're you're telling us and what we've seen. Um, but you said something really, really interesting, and you were talking about the crea creativity piece of like academics must be creative, entrepreneurs must be creative. So there's a commonality there, and I'm wondering if you can talk to us about about that that mindset um, that mindset commonality because I do think that one of the things that we talk about a lot around startup hustle is you don't necessarily have to be an entrepreneur to be entrepreneurial, right? And so, so talk to us a little bit more about that. Yes, I think what is very important if you are if you want to be really successful, whether it is as an investor, as an entrepreneur, or in the academic field, it's um, it's a good idea to be a nonconformist to do things different than other people. I think it's very clear with entrepreneurship if or with investments if you do the same thing as uh, everyone else you can't become super rich for example as the people i i did this this interviews so you have to do things in a different way you have to you have to act different and to act different you have to think 
different. Even you have to enjoy it to to swim against the stream sometimes. And sure. this is also true for 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 scientists or for academics who are really good in their uh, field. So we'll be talking uh, today about this uh, about my my uh, book, The Genius of Self Marketing, and for example. Albert Einstein, uh, he's a perfect uh, example. He was always, uh, all over his life, someone uh, a nonconformist in in everything that uh, that he did, and I think this was also a precondition for his success uh, to uh, in in science. And so I think this is something, in in spite of the fact that academics and entrepreneurs are very different in a way. But this is something that the real successful people in both of these fields have in common, to be a nonconformist, not to do the same thing as everyone else sure. and uh, have fun in thinking different, out-of-the-box thinking. Yeah. Well, and that's that's just such a nice segue uh, to, to the meat of our discussion, I think. And so, so I'm going to ask you, you know, you you write, you've written about super rich people. You've written about uh, most recently how people become famous, that that um, kind of influencer attitude. And so when you look at like not everybody can be Albert Einstein. Right. But there are definitely pieces of of Albert's journey or, you know, some of the other folks that, that we've talked about, you know, Steve Jobs, Kim Kardashian, these people who have become really good at selling themselves um, in order to sell a product or sell, you know, something, whatever it is they're doing. Um, what are some of the, the things that you see these people do time and time again to achieve success in that? Yes, it's it's absolutely correct what you mentioned, and I'm not just talking about uh, becoming famous in a, in a narrow sense. I'm I'm talking about turning yourself into a brand, and I think the most important precondition is to first realize whether you have internalized harmful beliefs in your subconscious mind. I I will give you some examples um, beliefs that prevent you from becoming famous or let's let's first define what i mean with famous famous doesn't mean necessarily that you are as famous as arnold schwarzenegger or stephen hawking or madonna or steve jobs it's it's not necessary for most people if you have a, a small company or mid-sized company for example in kansas then only people in kansas have to know you it, it makes no sense if people in berlin or in or in Paris or in St. Petersburg uh, know you if your business is only in Kansas. But people in Kansas, of course, especially your your potential uh, customers or, or clients, should know you. They should know about your products or about your service. And so uh, I, I think this is important to make clear what I mean with becoming famous. I took, of course, as an example, people who were, were really uh, uh, famous uh, all over the world. But you can you can learn from them and from the, their experience, even if it is not your goal to be uh, to be famous as Madonna, for example. Yeah. And so, so I speak about 
uh, to turn yourself into a, a brand. And and the problem is that a lot of people learned in their childhood or in their youth things like don't blow your own trumpet or modesty is a virtue or don't be a show off. And I think as long as you have such beliefs in your subconscious mind, you will never become famous and uh, And because you have to understand, becoming famous is not an accident, never. It doesn't right. just happen. You have to do something for it. And and I analyzed in my book what the people did to become famous and to, to prove the fact that it is no accident that they become become famous sure yeah I, i definitely feel like like it's a very it, it has the potential to be a very calculated thing and i i would i would guess that if you do not establish your own brand and establish it early and establish it consistently someone else will establish it for you they'll they'll talk about you but but i think that you know for the purposes of of the entrepreneurs listening at home um that branding piece to your point it, it's it's not necessarily that people want to go onto instagram and have a million millions of followers like that's not necessarily the point for most of us particularly as entrepreneurs we we want to build a brand so that we can be trusted within our space you know you want people to associate you with with your product, what you're selling, what you're in, you know, wh whatever it is you're promoting. But if you are trusted, then by extension, your product is trusted. Right. And so that could be a space from as small as, you know, selling dog, homemade dog biscuits. But if people trust you, they're more will, they're more likely and more willing to buy your dog biscuits. Right. I agree. Absolutely. And you, you used the, The key word in business, it's all about trust. It's all about trust. I read a biography um, about, um, about one of the richest men in uh, history, Rockefeller. And he said he, he owned all his success in life because other people trusted him. And it's, it's all about trust. For example, if you, if you sell your your product or if you sell your service your your customers have to trust you but even if you go to a bank and you want to get a loan bankers have to trust you and uh, if you create business partnerships with other companies your business partners have to trust you and if you uh, if you want to hire new employees for your company People have to trust you, so it's it's all about trust. And um, I think if you turn yourself into a brand, it means to be authentic. Uh, a lot of people they they try to to hide their rough edges, and right. I think we we all have our rough edges. But if you want to turn yourself into a brand, you can't waste time worrying about rubbing other people the wrong way and uh, people who are who are addicted to harmony have a harder time to become famous and uh, successful this is what i show in my book that geniuses of self-marketing such as madonna or muhammad ali uh, knew that it's not just about being better it's about it's all about being different from others right different it's, it's very important 
Well, and going to that, going going a little bit more deeply into that trust piece, but also being different, I, I think that I, I want to clarify for, for the folks playing at home that when, when I'm talking trust, I don't mean that you would trust someone with your baby or trust someone with, with your life even. When, when, I, when I'm talking about trust, and I think when we're talking about trust, I think what we are meaning is I trust you to be consistent in who you are, that authenticity piece. So, so just as a for instance, you know, I don't think that anybody would trust Steve Jobs or Elon Musk, you know, people who have very, very strong personal brands. I don't think anybody would necessarily trust them to be a nice guy, but they would be trusted to be brilliant and inventive and to put out good products. So, so that trust piece isn't necessarily that warm, fuzzy trust that we associate with like our, our dear friends and family. It's you are trusting someone to consistently be who they are in order to put out a good product or create a good program or initiative, right? Absolutely. Correct, me, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's that's kind of my favorite well, no, subject. That, that, that's absolutely. I, uh, while you spoke, I thought about a very extreme example. Uh, one person I've uh, as well in my book, um, and it's one person that with a extreme polarization, Donald Trump. Yeah, I think there's no one in the United States who either they they love him or they hate him. But sure. I think there are there are not so many people who say okay. He has some positive things and some negative. I belong to this minority, if you want to know my opinion. I say there are some positive things and some things you can learn, but there are also some negative things. But um, even if you hate him or even if you are a, a fan uh, and even if you are on the, on the opinion that he lies very often. I think that there are a lot of examples where he didn't tell the truth. But you, you always have the impression he is authentic in his right. way. That you always he, know that what you expect from him. He, yes, even he, though he might do surprising things or say surprising things, it is never surprising that he is polarizing and um, controversial because that is a part of his brand, right? So, so, so yes, the people who, who admire him, they, they think that he speaks more the truth as other politicians do, in, in right. spite of the fact that, that if you make a, a, f a fact check, you can often see uh, it, it was not the truth that he said, but, but people believe or they have the feeling that he's authentic, that he, that he doesn't use any, for example, politically correct phrases or something right. like this, but that he thinks the, 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 he speaks the way he thinks. And, and so, um, This is, of course, a very extreme example, but there are other examples in, in my book. And think about Steve Jobs. Of course, he was a difficult person. We know right. it from uh, this uh, 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 biographies about him that he was a very difficult person, but he fascinated people on the one hand. Right. On, on, on the other hand, he could be very, very difficult and, and hard with other people, but And, and sometimes even when he was in a meeting, he started to, to, to cry or the next time to shout or everything. But people believed always that this is authentic. And, and a lot of people, they shy away to show their own personality. And, okay. But this is, this is a sign of weakness. And most people don't like weak people. Most people 
like strong people. And and if someone has uh, always only this polite phrases and speaks things th that you want to hear, you don't trust him because you think, um, uh, why he's not so authentic? Maybe he hides something. Maybe he has something to to hide. And so I think one recommendation is that um, as an entrepreneur, as an owner of a small or mid-sized company, uh, I think there are a lot of people in your audience and this is what I did for a lot of years. It yeah. makes makes sense to be authentic uh, and um, it makes sense to, to connect your company with your person, even if you know that not everyone will 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 like you but yeah. this is always you you will find no speaker or you will find no pop star or, or no one who's liked by by everyone look another example i i i have one chapter about madonna of course she has millions and millions of fans in the world and she earned hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars but of course she had always a lot of haters and a lot of people who criticized uh, her because of her provocation. But uh, this is uh, to, 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 I think everyone who's on social media or on Instagram or Facebook knows this. Uh, uh, in the moment when you get more fans, you get at the same time more haters. And right. if you can't live with, with this, then uh, it's very hard to become famous or sorry for a, a last example Muhammad Ali yeah uh, I, I think he polarized absolutely people really hated him at this time and for others it was their hero I think today for most Americans he's more uh, a hero but this was not all times uh, this time in Vietnam war uh, times and so he, he polarized very very extreme and there were a lot of people who hated him but right. in the end, they had uh, he had they had the feeling here's someone who stands his ground. Here's someone who's authentic. Here's someone who goes his uh, own way. Yeah, well, so so I love that because what I'm hearing is that you, you know you you said that if when people are inauthentic or not willing uh, to to share of themselves authentically that that that's a weakness and so so by like the flip side of that coin is that it is actually strong to be vulnerable um, to say what you really feel be who you really are even in the face of people who might not respond well to that and so so I love that uh, and I do think that 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 strength is the underpinning of trust, um, you know, the kind of trust that we've been, we've been talking about. Now, I will say, um, we, you know, we're talking about trust here, and I don't know if you have heard of Gusto, but Gusto is actually one of the most trusted HR management platforms. Managing your team with Gusto can be as easy as one, two, three. It is so, so simple. You don't have to stay up late nights processing your payroll. You don't have to have trouble with your business tax filings. There are no more painful spreadsheets for attendance tracking. I don't know about you, but for the longest time, I had so many spreadsheets just tracking all this stuff and it was really difficult to manage. So with Gusto, you get a smart HR platform. Uh, we would definitely encourage you to check out gusto.com backslash Startup Hustle because uh, Startup Hustle listeners actually get a free three-month subscription to try it out now. So definitely check out gusto.com backslash Startup Hustle. 
So, so getting right back into it, um, you know, we're talking about authenticity. We're talking about trust. I'm going to ask you, um, well, I have two questions, but the, the first is, is this, you mentioned something a little bit earlier that really resonated with me. So many people are told that by hyping themselves up or sharing their accomplishments or their, or their wins, that can be seen as bragging. You said, don't, uh, what it was it? Don't toot your own trumpet here in the, in the States. It's don't toot your own horn, but very similar. Um, you know, but, but often we are societally ingrained to hide our accomplishments because it's seen as braggy or it's seen as hubris. And so I want to talk to you about getting comfortable, you know, for our entrepreneurs who are listening right now, if you are experiencing that imposter syndrome, if you are experiencing that fear of sharing what makes you, you, what would you tell them, doctor? What would you tell them about, you know, getting, getting comfortable with that? Cause I feel like that's the first step. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Um, it's, uh, it's not about playing any role that you don't want to play, but on the other hand, I think anyway, it's necessary sometimes that you start to experiment a little bit. I think um, I think the most important formula for success is the combination of stamina on the one hand and the willingness to experiment on the other hand. If you have stamina, of course, this is important for entrepreneurs and it's often mentioned, but this is only one thing. You have to experiment. You have to try new things. And if you do always the things in the same way as you have done it before, because, of course, you feel most comfortable when you do the things in the same way you did before, then you can't expect any other results. This is also a quote from Albert Einstein. He said, if you do always the things in the same way and you, you expect different results, it's a... It's insane. It's yep. it's really crazy. I've heard uh, I've expect. heard that quote for sure. Yes, and so and so I think uh, you should maybe think about it to to start to experiment to 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 be open for new experience. This is, by the way, a result of psychological uh, psych, uh, of um, of psychological studies about entrepreneurs. Um, they they did. Um, they did a, a personality tests or psychological tests with successful entrepreneurs and try to find out what's the difference between them and other people. And there is the so-called big five model that it's a big different personality traits. And one personality trait that is very important for entrepreneurs is openness for new experience. So, yeah. and, and one new experience could be if if you heard, if you heard often uh, these things like don't be a show off or something like this. Of course, you will not feel comfortable uh, in, right. in the first time if you. But it's always if you do new things. In in most cases, you don't feel comfortable. I I remember I had a, a training partner. She she was my friend as well, and we we were in the gym. And most, we, we did the same uh, exercises. But sometimes I told her, okay, let's do something new, new exercise. And I knew, 
all time she said, "No, no, I, I, I don't like it. I think uh, no, let's let's do the other one that we always did." And I said, mm-hmm. "Give it a time. Give it a time. It's not that you will like it the first time. Try it for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, and then if you don't like it, okay, then it. But but uh, this is, I think, in in the moment when you start doing things different in the moment when you start to experiment it is absolutely natural that you that, that you feel sometimes not so comfortable with it yeah well so so one of the things that i always tell innovate her kc members um and it's what it, well so so i always tell them own your awesome uh, because I, I do think that, you know, I think that society imposes certain expectations around accomplishment. Like it's okay to accomplish things, but it's not okay to talk about it. And, and I, I've always found that to be a bit unfair. Like, I feel like if you have the, the, the skills and the achievements to back it up, like, please, it's not, it, it's not uh, arrogance. It's just real realism when you're, you know, sharing, sharing, that side of yourself with people. And so I always tell our members to own your awesome, but it, it's a, it's a struggle that I have as well. You know, I, I have often uh, struggled to, to be the quote unquote face of my organization. And, and it's been a real, that's been part of my leadership journey, getting more comfortable with that. Because again, I understand that there's a utility to Lauren represents innovate her KC and so therefore, if we trust Lauren, we trust her organization. There's a huge uh, confluence of benefit around me getting comfortable with being a face of an organization, even though it, it's against my instinct. So, so let's say that, you know, you're, you're talking to somebody and they have gotten comfortable with that piece of the puzzle. They're like, okay, you know, I'm ready to create my personal brand and I am ready to figure out what sides of me and what pieces of me I want to show up with consistently so that I can build that trust relationship with the people who are watching me, watching my company, watching, you know, whatever it is. What would you tell them? You have to... Do a lot of things. For example, I think one thing is very important, especially if you are entrepreneur. Uh, it's all about uh, public uh, public relations. This is something that you can learn from the people that uh, I mentioned in my book, as Muhammad <laughs> Ali or Andy Warhol or Stephen Hawking. They devoted a great deal of time and energy. To, to press and public relations work to, to build their brand. They gave countless interviews and they knew exactly how the media worked and which stories journalists were most interested in. And they delivered those stories all the time. And yeah. uh, I think uh, public relation is so important. Look, for example, at Arnold Schwarzenegger. Everyone of the world in the world knows him. You know, I travel a lot and I was... Even when I was in China in, in the cities and I spoke about Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, almost everyone heard his name and, and, and knew how he looks with his bicep and so. But right. how did he? Only with population. And if you read his autobiography, totally call. I can recommend it to, to everyone to read this autobiography. It's amazing because all his success in life was in the end about with public relation. He became 
one of uh, the most popular bodybuilder in the world. Some people think he's the guy who has the most muscles or the, 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 the best bicep. Of course, he has yeah. a lot of muscles. But there are other bodybuilders today who have much more muscles as Arnold Schwarzenegger had. But you don't know her name. You never heard him, only if you are maybe a bodybuilding expert. But you, you don't know. But you know his name, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And yeah. you know, then he became two times governor of California. It was right. All, yeah, yeah, he was able. Uh, he was able to take that to use that. Uh, I guess social capital that he had built through being a bodybuilder to parlay that into an acting career, and then turn that into a governorship. Um, yes, so people, he was excellent at leveraging social capital, which I think is kind of what this is about. Would you agree? Am I right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but yes, you're yes. The expert. <laughs> but the people said uh, when he started, um, when when he started in. Uh, movies in Hollywood. They they told him it's a crazy idea. Look at your body. Uh, no one wants to see a body as you have. This was maybe in the fifties or in the sixties with with Hercules uh, movies. But today we we like people like Dustin Hoffman or so, not people looking like you. And then look your strange accent. You have this strange Austrian accent. Right. Uh, people people will not like it. And uh, and then. Uh, and then your name, no one can, Arnold Schwarzenegger, no one can pronounce your name. And and the next thing, uh, have you heard that ever someone from Europe was so successful in, 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 in Hollywood? And there were a lot of reasons against it, but he understood it to, to turn the, the alleged um, um, the deficits or, or uh, liabilities into real asset, assets. For yeah. example, yeah. his body was an asset then and not a liability. Or even his accent, he, he said, okay, everyone will know when, when I'm talking, even if they hear, oh, that's this guy with a strange accent. So he, and, and another thing, we spoke about provocation. And I think this was also so, uh, something that he did uh, very often. He said, Sometimes outraged things only that, uh, that uh, to 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 attract awareness. For example, he had an interview in in TV, and then they asked him, "How is it about pumping pumping uh, a muscle? And what is this feeling for you?" And he said, to "Them, uh, it's like having it's like coming, so like orgasm, like having sex with a with a woman, so and and." With women, and of course, something that crazy. He speaks here about orgasm, this and things. But of course, th these were the things uh, in a kind of provocation. And even he did it in his private life. <laughs> For example, yeah. there was one one funny story um, when he first uh, met uh, the, the 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 mother of his uh, later uh, wife. You know, he, who was a part of the. Kennedy clan, one of the most uh, famous uh, families in the United States. And yeah. then he said to to the mother of his girlfriend, was one of the first things he said, he said to her, look, I think she has really a great butt. So, <laughs> but could you imagine this? Yeah. I think this is a little bit crazy. And Madonna did as well these crazy things. And Andy Warhol did things much more crazy. And Muhammad Ali did this, and Albert Einstein did this, and so I think, um, and I think these people also had fun to do these things because usually 
there are so many restrictions from society. People tell you, you should do this and that and avoid this and you have to act this and this way. But these people want to be free. They right. really want to be free. And to be free means uh, to to act sometimes in a way, maybe to surprise people or even, of course, you shouldn't exaggerate it. And, if, and this is another very important lesson in my book. Um, if you do some steps too far with this provocation, then you have to go to, to go back. This was, for example, Madonna is a genius in, in this thing. Sometimes yeah. she, she was so extreme with her provocation, you know, about sex and religion and, and to combine all these things. Sure. And, and she got a lot of problems. But then, okay, she understood, okay, now this was one, two or three steps too, too far in this direction. Now I have to go back. Now I have to do something more mainstream, like then right. she did maybe another, what she called a girly show or something what is more more harmless. So, and uh, with Muhammad Ali, it was the same. On the one hand, he was very provocative and, and extreme, but then later in his life, he understood, okay, uh, sometimes to, to, to step back or every... So you, you, you have to find the... It sounds like there's definitely a, a give and take. Um, you know, you definitely want to get noticed, you know, do something that is enough outside the norm or enough that is like intrinsically you that it carries through, gets noticed, but you also don't want, and I feel like, like maybe, you know, when Madonna she was doing like these really, really crazy, shocking things that really, really offended people. And she decided that she had to dial it back. I think that a piece of that, that decision had to be the fact that, you know, maybe what I'm doing is distracting from my message, from my music, from this image that I've created. And so, so I feel like, and again, you know, correct me if I'm wrong or kind of help me think through this, but you want to be noticed, but not distract from the core message. Absolutely, and you have to feel it. With more people, it's the other way. They, if they provoke, and then they, maybe then there is a discussion, and there are, um, and then they they do more and more of this because they they become uh, unsure, and you know it's it's normal if if people criticize you, and then you 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 fight back, and so and it, it becomes more and more, and in in the end you are. Out, outsider or someone people laugh at or so and so it's uh, it's important that uh, provocation on the one hand and uh, uh, to be authentic on the one hand it's it's very important but on the other hand um, you sh you should always have the ability or maybe you should have people in friends and so who tell you who tell you to be honest this was too much go 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 yeah. step uh, back so like Madonna, babe, you know, you talked about sex and religion a lot and it pissed off the Pope. Maybe go do some volunteer work or something like that. Like you've got to dial it back. Okay. Well, so, so I, I love that. And I, I do find this so fascinating. Um, I think that the, the note that I kind of want to end on um, is, is so in a conversation before we hit the record button here, we, we were talking about Albert Einstein and we were talking about his hair. And so when you think in your head, or at least when I think in my head of the image of an academic, I always think of that person who is so 
tied up in their brilliant thoughts that they are too distracted to worry about things like tying their shoes or brushing their hair or, you know, buttoning their buttons right because they just have so much brilliance popping around in their head that it's just impossible to worry about the minutia of everyday life. And so so Albert Einstein, who I we all know was a genius, um, his hair was calculated. Um, and I found that fascinating. It, it was a very calculated decision that he made. I'm going to have crazy hair because when people think of this, when people think of brilliance, they don't think of a guy who can brush his hair. I don't have time to brush my hair. I'm too smart. I'm thinking of too many big things and concepts and ideas, right? Yes, absolutely. They 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 make people think that that they don't care about it, but uh, it's 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 absolutely wrong. And yeah. and this is something you mentioned. It's important uh, when you want to turn yourself into a brand. It can help uh, outward appearance uh, do do matter. Think about every brand has a trademark. Think yeah. of Coca Cola. Think of McDonald's. Think of Apple. Or think of Mercedes Benz, for for example. And if you want to turn yourself into a brand, you need to make sure you are instantly recognizable and distinctive yeah. uh, and not only albert einstein but donald trump or uh, karl lagerfeld uh, they couldn't be more different but all of them turned their hair into their trademark uh, yeah, yeah. yes trump sure. shiny golden uh, hair or einstein yes you mentioned it it's this uncamped white hair sticking all in, in all directions or right. lagerfeld's uh, powdered braid become their trademarks like Schwarzenegger's biceps and Kim Kardashian, she made her butt uh, right. To trade you know, she so, that, that girl puts a lot of energy into what her butt looks like, and that is no accident. <laughs> yes, and, and, and so so you see sometimes, and this is what uh, what people should think about. You can learn from marketing for products, and if you see yourself in a way as a, as a product, then yeah. uh, then you you can learn something from the laws of marketing and uh, to 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 have a to have a trademark is is not a mistake that because it will help that that people remind you yeah well recognize so, and, and, and i will go i, I am going to share a little bit of my personal journey here but you know i i represent an organization that champions inclusion and low barrier to entry and sometimes money and buying fancy clothes like that's a barrier and so i deliberately wear casual clothes when i'm out and about because it makes me more accessible it makes me better able to talk to my members and the individuals that i serve it's a conscious choice that i make um you know in, in, I don't know if this is the same in Germany, but here here in the States, we have this concept of startup suave, quote unquote, where, you know, startup people, we, we tend to dress casually. And then when we get dressed up, you wear a graphic t-shirt, jeans, tennis shoes, but you throw a blazer yes. over it. And like, that's the... I Aesthetic. Like Mark Zuckerberg did, or Steve Jobs, I think yeah. they were the first one. and it's one very much Silicon. the aesthetic. Um, yes, in it, Silicon Valley, they, they, they did it not with suits or so, or with well, tie. He but, had his tur Steve Jobs had his black turtleneck. Like, he wore that thing every day. Yes. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, so I think that the, the takeaway here, um, if I'm hearing all of this correctly, and I, the takeaway here is, you know, you're going to have to determine what works for you with your personal brand, what, how you can be authentic, share of yourself, but then also 
be cognizant of it. You know, you can craft an image around who you are already are, but the point is figure out how you're going to craft your image. Is that right? <laughs> Absolutely. And most important thing, read my book ah, because yes. you definitely. Yes. And I mean, when are you going to get to read a book by a doctor, doctor, a double doctor? Actually, that's what I'm going to call you now. <laughs> no, 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 not, not to copy all these people. This is not a good idea. Uh, if you copy it, but of course you can learn from from them. You sure. can get some ideas. Now, okay, he did it this way. Maybe I I try this. This is what I mentioned before. It's so important to experiment. But yeah. to experiment, you need some ideas, and you can get the ideas from people who are good on their field. And yeah, and this was the reason why I have so many very very different uh, uh, people. You know, the the subtitle of the book is. <laughs> genius of self-marketing from Albert Einstein to Kim Kardashian. And a lot of people thought it's crazy. How can you mention both in, in one sentence? They are so different. Of There's course, definitely... I, I know this. But this was this was no accident. But it yeah. was purpose because I want to shock a little bit people and make them think they are different, but they have one thing in common. And I look always, if you want to learn in a field, you should always look for the people who are most successful. If you want to be a billionaire, you should, uh, you, 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 you would look, don't look uh, how someone who's uh, out of work or is in social welfare and, and look how he behaves. But you, you would, you would look for, for people who made a lot of money, self-made people. And if you sure. want to be famous, you will look to people who became uh, uh, famous. And uh, so I think not to copy them, I, I have to repeat it, but uh, to to get some ideas and start to think about yourself, your uh, your behavior, and to to try some of these things. Yeah, well, I love that, and, and I I think folks, one of the most impactful things you can do for your your brand and your image is to go out um, find how people become famous, geniuses of self marketing, from Albert Einstein to Kim Kardashian. Uh, definitely uh, check it out. You can go to R-A-I-N-E-R-Z-I-T-E-L-M-A-N-N.com. Uh, and so, so I have one really quick question. This is a really quick question because we're actually running over time, but this was a fascinating conversation. What is your personal brand? My personal brand, yes, this is... Um, my, I, I, I have a lot of things. First, with the order experience, for uh, appearance, uh, people don't see me now, yes, but I think I look different than other people who are now. I I, I soon will become sixty five years old, and yeah. I, look, I look different. For example, here with my you, you can see it. You can tell people. Yeah, you with gotta, my yeah I, I I will back up. There's a little. There's a baseball uh, right there on that bicep. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really the the bicep, and <laughs> and uh, I, you mentioned this two PhDs. It's a little bit fun. Some people say it's crazy. Why he says always. Doctor, doctor, but it's a little bit fun, and I think this is uh, uh, also important. A little bit, uh, a kind of irony, and, and and sometimes this is a part of my uh, trademark as well. When I speak to students, or when I was invited in to a TV show, and there were a lot of uh, anti-capitalists, I came with my I have a T-shirt, and the T-shirt is. I love capitalism <laughs> and people recognize, ah, this is the guy with this, I love capitalism <laughs> with heart. And, and they recognize me and they accept me, even if they don't think my way, but, but uh, they say, okay, he's someone who 
uh, you know, there are some people who are pro-capitalist and say, I know maybe capitalism is not the best. And you stand by your ideals. You don't yes, go back and forth. You're not wishy-washy. And people respect that for sure. They respect this. And, and uh, I tell you something in the end. This is even the secret to be... Uh, to, to get attraction from, from girls or from women, because I know most girls and most women, they don't like it if there's someone who hides so much, only make always compliment and agree with everything because they see it as a sign that you are weak. Yes, and most you're, women... you're pandering to them or condescending to them by not saying what you really think, for yes, sure. Yes, yes, and... Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And this is a sign uh, they, they think, oh, it's someone who's, who's weak and uh, maybe I can't trust him because he, he hides so, so, so many things. And yeah. this is also a secret. Be authentic. I, to tell you, all over my life, I had always very, you know, pretty girls and people wondered, okay, today they say he has a lot of money and so, okay, that's the reason. But even when I was a student and I had no money, I had the prettiest girl in, in town, I had no money, and I, I don't look so so great that people think, oh, it's because he looks so handsome. No, it's it's only because of being authentic. Yeah. Your brand is fit, innovative, entrepreneurial, lady killer. That, that's what I'm going with. That's your brand. There you go. Um, folks, I, I, I can't, well, Doctor, I, I just want to say Dr. Doctor one more time because I find it really fun oh. and I'm probably not going to get to do it for a minute. But Dr. Doctor, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us here today on Startup Hustle. This was, this is was a really fun conversation. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. Absolutely. And and I would definitely direct you to, to keep an eye out for how people become famous. Geniuses of self-marketing from Albert Einstein to Kim Kardashian. Uh, as you can, as you have heard, there are a lot of really good stories in there. Would also encourage you to check out Gusto. Now is certainly the time. Today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by Gusto. And if you're looking for an all-in-one HR platform that just makes it so easy and convenient to manage your HR, definitely check it out. Uh, everything you need, just a few clicks of a button. And for Startup Hustle listeners, you get three months free when you go to gusto.com backslash startup hustle. That is gusto.com backslash startup hustle. Friends, I also invite you to check out our YouTube channel, Startup Hustle TV is live and in action. And on it, myself and the other Startup Hustle hosts and some friends, we tell the real stories of entrepreneurship. We would love to have you take a look, hear our stories. I tend to cuss a lot, but uh, don't judge. Entrepreneurship is hard. All right, folks, thank you so much for, for taking the time out of your busy schedules to listen to us. And we will catch you on the flip side. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.